Sadowski, welcome to the Madeline Show. <laughs> Madeline, it's great to be here. I'm glad we're connecting. How cool is it? You guys, I met John in Aspen, Colorado, going on a hike with some friends. I brought some mocktails in my backpack, some snacks. We went on this fun hike that quickly turned, it was a spring hike, and it quickly turned into knee-high snow. Do you remember that? Post-holing yeah. through the snow, we had to stop because there was so much snow, and uh, we had a great time. John pulled out his phone and surprised me by wanting to take a selfie, which is something that I love doing, and record a little bit. You took a little video. I remember you were like, everyone out there, hey, this is John. I'm in Aspen, Colorado with these people, and we're doing this. And it was I had no idea what you were going to do with that video or whether or not you were starting an online presence. You know, I just met you that day. And then I continued to get to know you because, you know, we're it's 2020. It was like spring of 2020. COVID was going down. And we then like we basically created this little pod of people that we just, you know, consistently hung out with, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate with. Right. Your your 2020 pod of people. And we continued to have these amazing gatherings. John was always staying in just the, the coolest places um, and teaching me also about negotiation through that process. You had mentioned staying at a. Uh, a home well once we were at the home the zebra house <laughs> I'm just gonna call it the zebra house because there was an elevator some like cat statues three three story house with this pink zebra carpet I remember you're like I'd never been downstairs until everyone came over <laughs> and uh you t I'll never forget you're like yeah this is a hundred thousand dollar a month home and I got it for 30k I'm just like he's a baller <laughs> immediately and it's like you are cool I love this and yeah it makes sense right it's spring of 2020 why would you not negotiate with someone like hey I'll rent this thing out for the whole month it'll be easy here's 30k cash now you don't have to like your efforts are done this is easy money do you want it or not you're just like no big deal if you don't I will literally find somewhere else to go there are so many empty houses right now because everybody had to there's a mandate everybody had to leave Aspen who wasn't a I don't even know how you got there, but everybody had to leave Aspen who wasn't like a resident there. Basically, they put out this. I don't know if it was a mandate necessarily, but they put out this PSA, this public service announcement. Like, we don't know what's happening. If you and your family are here, you probably are going to want to go home because we don't know what's happening in the world. You stayed in Aspen along with the other guys that we were hanging out with who were also travelers. You know, all of you guys were spending you know, a season or so in different places, you know, there's surfers, um, you guys are all just doing different amazing things in the world. But 2020 made you all stay in Aspen longer than you thought you were going to. And I am so thankful for that. Because I got to join your circle, I got to be the sum of the five people that I was hanging out with. And you guys, the five people that I was hanging out with in my mind at that time were like, far, far beyond my level of success that I ever even knew was possible in this world. So I would like John Sadowski, my friend, to interview or to um, introduce 
himself here because I am still learning about all of the amazing things about you. And um, I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited to learn more about you today and for you to share your story with people because it is inspiring. And you guys, we are all connected. We are all humans on this earth and literally anything is possible for you. And John is here to show us that. So you have the floor, my friend. Madeline, it's great to be connecting, and I'm thrilled that you have me on the show. I value as a friend and uh, look forward to that being a very long friendship and having a great talk today and hearing any ideas you have for me, suggestions um, in my life. Uh, and it's very cool that you're in uh, Alaska. I'm across the world in Warsaw, Poland right now, so quite a long ways away. Um, but about me, uh, just a short intro. Uh, from a very middle-class family. My parents are school teachers, grew up in a very modest home in Memphis, Tennessee, in middle America. I've been an entrepreneur from a very young age. When I was 11 years old, I pulled a little red wagon around our neighborhood and sold ice-cold sodas to the construction workers who were building homes in our new subdivision uh, on very hot 104-degree Fahrenheit days. So that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial experience, selling those sodas for 50 cents. Um, and, uh, been an entrepreneur ever since I started a few businesses, uh, a trading firm in New York city, um, when I was 26 years old and then helped start some other businesses. One is a mobile apps company that, uh, helps treat depression, schizophrenia, insomnia, um, and a few other businesses as well. And, um, right now I'm doing quite a bit of traveling. I started traveling seven years ago, so almost 2,500 days of traveling, 45 countries, and uh, I'm open to new opportunities, listening to ideas, helping grow the businesses I'm a part of, and curious about the world and meeting people, listening to their stories, and learning a lot more about how the world works. That was, oh man, that was so concise, so amazing. Um, you guys, I'll link to in the show notes this other interview uh, that John did with uh, a Law of Attraction podcast. It's fascinating um, because we are just not going to be able to cover all the things that was covered in that other episode. And John is a wealth of knowledge. Um, so I just love your journey. I mean, the fact that you you were, do you feel like you were born with an entrepreneurial sp spirit or did you have to become an entrepreneur? Like what, what was it that motivated you and gave you the drive to drag your wagon around at that young age, 10, 11 years old in, in the hot weather? Because honestly, I don't, I'm, we've talked about this a little bit before. I'm not sure exactly how to teach motivation and drive. If it's not already either in you, like you were raised at a young age to have that or you experienced certain circumstances that required you to do that. So like almost fight or flight response, like, all right, I've got to do this because I have to help my family or there's like no other way for me to move the needle in my life other than doing this. So, well, I guess I have to. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this and I look forward to getting deep on this. Um, one thing that, that really sparked that, and it was a spark, is my mom. My mom's a retired school teacher and uh, she had the idea. She said, why don't you go get your wagon and get the cooler and put some Cokes in there, some sodas and go sell them. And, you know, my reaction was a typical 11 year old kid reaction. Oh, mom, that's weird. I don't want to do that. Or no, I don't know. I don't want to talk to people I don't know. 
and she pushed me and encouraged me a little bit more. And uh, I went and did that. And I came back with a sack of quarters. And I said, Mom, look at all these quarters I have. You know, I sold all the sodas. Um, so I have a lot of opinions on what happened there, um, how that maybe can re be recreated by other parents. Um, and then thank God that I had the parents I did, that my mom encouraged me to do that because um, what if she didn't have that spark that day, that inspiration to kind of push me and push me again? You know, I got very lucky. We're very middle class. We never had any luxuries. It was, you know, safe. We had what we needed, good education, but it wasn't fancy. It was very middle class, very plain, a little boring. Um, but that was part of the gift is having that spark that my mom gave me. And you said yes to that spark. You weren't like, no, mom, I'm busy doing something else. I think nowadays kids might, you know, they might be busy with the TV or the mom, you know, with inflation and just everything happening in the world, us seeing other people's lives online, we feel like, like we don't have enough. And so I, I'm not sure if you guys can relate listeners, but you know, m moms and dads out there, just, you want to give your kids the best and what the best now is more than what we might've thought it was back before we're looking at everyone else's lives on social media. And so it might make sense for you to be focusing, um, more so on what you are doing to be able to provide for your family than you know, giving the kid ideas like that at a young age, like, all right, they're okay studying, they're okay watching their TV time, they're, they're doing their best in school, so let's up-level their school experience. But your mom was like, okay, you're already in school, so let's give you this opportunity to go out and make money on your own, which is so interesting because she wasn't an entrepreneur. She's a school teacher. And then you said yes to your mom. You didn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe there was like, did, did you did you ever back talk or say, I don't uh, you know, you said that that's weird. But did you ever really like put your foot down and be like, I I'm not doing this? Do you remember there being a point where you had to move through through the void in a sense and and do something that you really did, like? Were you actually not comfortable doing it or did it feel exciting? Sorry, that was like a really long um, way of asking that question. <laughs> you know, there's kind of like what I would call a soft no. And that soft no, of, oh, that's weird. Or how do we do that? Um, so some soft no's. And this kind of leads to one thought. I, I have a strategy that you might like called micro steps, micro steps. And I think micro steps can really change the lives of some people watching today. And to me, what is a micro step? Like maybe you have some huge goal, like you want to be a billionaire, you want to have a really nice house or date a person like this or get your body to look like that. Um, and those can be things that might be really intimidating. You think they have to take a long time. They don't have to take a long time, but you might think they have to take a long time, but they're big things and it's hard to know where to start. So I think we can all benefit from something I call micro steps. Um, can I tell you what micro steps are for yeah, me? Yeah, please walk us through. Yeah, so that is the smallest possible tiny grain of sand step you can take towards that big, huge goal. And if you're trying to get your body in better shape, like an example of a micro step might be to go to the fridge and eat one bite of one apple or one carrot or one blueberry. Just one bite. That's all you have to do. Um, or just go to the fridge, look at the apple, hold it in your hand. You can't even take a bite of it and try to take a bite that's a micro step. You don't have the six pack abs. You don't have amazing posture, rippling muscles. But if you can just take one step and you've taken the step of the apple or to do one push up or one walk around the block, that micro step can lead you to more. 
um, with money and finances. Say if there's a house in a different part of town and you think I'd really love to live in a house like that, um, the micro step might be to just go on Zillow or go online and look at those houses. What neighborhoods are they in? How much do they cost? What would the mortgage be? You know, what do they look like? And just sit there with that. That is the tiniest micro step to you maybe living in a house like that someday. And use your imagination, do micro steps however you want. But I've turned some micro steps into really cool manifestations. So you are in my, so when I picture in my head and have a vision of what you're speaking, that's kind of how, how I work my brain. I live in like other worlds while I'm also living here. And what I'm seeing is you taking something that was already in your head and putting action to it. So for the people that want these, there's actually a step almost in, in between that micro step you're talking about. It's like a micro half step where, you know, you have the goal yeah. that you want and then you have to come up with what the first micro step is going to be. And then you have to tell yourself to go take that first micro step and then you walk to the fridge and then you open the door to walk around the block. But you need to understand first what the first step is even going to be in achieving that goal. And some people I, I know from experience and from my coaching, they have no idea what the first step even is. So how do you know what the first step is? You know, I, I believe in feeling your intuition, what feels right to you. And I think it's important people can benefit a lot by putting pen to paper. Um, like this is just a, a simple pad of paper. And you can be really general or more specific about what you're trying to manifest in your life. And if you're trying to change your body, it can be as simple as writing on this pad. I want to feel good in my body. Um, I want to feel better about my body. Um, I want to have more energy. Um and, you know, you can work on how your wording of that is. You could say, I feel good about my body. Um, I have lots of energy. I'm getting more fit every day um, for money. Um, I feel good about the money I have. Uh, money comes to me easily. Um, I have all the money I need. You know, writing these things, I think, is really important. It's a micro step that makes it feel real. And you write about it, maybe you can take that little step of action, which leads to a little more action. And this is how I've had big things come true for me. And it's um, just writing it down can go a long way in starting things. And you don't have to overthink it. Just write something. That's great. Um, that's taking what I call, we have this 5D garden in our heads of all the things that we desire. And we get seeds planted in that garden. And sometimes the seeds are weeds, depending on like what TV we're watching, the people we're hanging out with, et cetera, et cetera, right? The brain is picking up on a million, millions of bits of information every single moment, every single moment. And so to think that we can just, you know, effortlessly have these ideas and then bring them to life. Um, yes, it can be easier than you think. However, there is this process of deconditioning. There's this process of pulling up the weeds because when you want something, when, they, when you tell the universe you want something, when you're writing down, okay, I want to have a fit body. And then you start using law of assumption by saying, I have a fit body. So it's like law of attraction versus law of assumption writing you can that's called scripting right and then you can also speak those things you can also rewrite those things every day what you're doing is you're actually you're you're changing your brain and your thought process and you're creating an opportunity for um you so let's let's get a little more real with this and not so like woo woo manifestation like etherical energy vibration which i'm all about you guys know <laughs> listening to these podcast episodes but for real when you tell yourself you can do something over and over again and that you have something over and over again you actually start to believe it and it gets easier it gets easier to take that first action step 
So if you're not already journaling, if you feel like you don't know what the next step would be or the first step would be to get to that big goal of yours that you have, whether it's a big goal on a vision board, you write it on your fridge, it's maybe just in your head, get it down on paper and the first step will come. And if you don't know what the first step is, if you're still at this point where you know, you're know you journaling things out and you're, you're still not sure what to do next, I think that's when you bring on a mentor. I think that's when you can either find someone that you already know, love and trust, someone maybe that helped raise you, somebody um, that came into your life during college. I still am in contact with my teachers from college. I have a lot of friends that I can reach out to. We don't do anything alone and you're not going to achieve this big vision of yours alone either. Um, John, I would love for you if you have an example of something that started in your head and then made its way to paper and then made its way to your physical reality now. I'm sure there's many examples putting you on the spot, but if there's one example that stands out, I would love to, for people to just hear that process um, so they can you know, see, see an example. Yeah, I mean, and I have fun sometimes tracing how these micro steps go to something. Um, there's so many examples I can use. Um, but just one simple example was New York City. Um, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, a very middle-class family there. And I ended up doing quite well, having a really fun life and building some cool businesses in New York City and doing really cool things. But I mean, the micro steps of how that started were, <laughs> we went there when I was like 10 years old for like one night, we bought a Statue of Liberty t-shirt for $2. And you know, then we're out. <laughs> the micro steps started. Um, you know, when I was eight years old, that $2, uh, Statue of Liberty t-shirt, and then went on to, uh, we were talking about mastermind groups before the call mastermind groups. You guys can Google that to learn more about it. They can be informal or formal. Um, thank God I went to a great university, uh, university of Notre Dame. And I think some of these corporations, universities can be different versions of a mastermind group. Um, and people there talked about New York and I never thought about New York I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, and that planted more seed. And then there was another micro step. We took a finance club trip to New York and we were there two or three nights, you know, in a group together, sharing a small hotel room. So another micro step. And then, um, you know, there's also kind of these de facto mentors. You talked about mentors and I think people can get hung up on, um, what a mentor is that it has to be some official person who's taking you under their wing and you have a call every day on Thursdays at yeah. one. I've never had like that, but I've had accidental and de facto mentors. And if you look around, you can probably think of some accidental and de facto mentors in your life. And that's someone around who cares about you or has some decent interest in you, or at least wants the best for you that you get some of their time. Maybe it's five minutes here and there at the gym or 10 minutes as you're interacting with them here, there, and they'll give you these little micro bursts of ideas or encouragement. And um, I had someone at my gym who was kind of encouraging me to go check out New York City. Um, so that was another step in going to New York. And I'll fast forward, I eventually gave New York a try for a month. I lived there. I lived in, eventually businesses were taking off and I lived in beautiful lofts and I had some cool parties and I went out to the Hamptons and rented some beautiful homes with guys and met really interesting people. And it was that chain of these small steps. And if you're thinking about moving to a city, you can Google the city right now. Just look at some pictures. How much are the hotels? How much is the cheapest hotel? How much is the most expensive hotel? How much is the cheapest apartment? How much is the most beautiful apartment? 
And those are micro steps. You don't have to go to that city that you've been thinking about or that place you've been thinking about going to Bali or Paris or whatever. It's just that micro step of looking like, you know, how much is a flight there? And it brings the brain cells on a little bit more. And, you know, that's the story of something very, very small turning into a fantastic New York experience where I had a lot of fun and made some nice money and met some great people. I love that. And you talk about, you know, the seed being planted when you were 10 and then the seed got watered when you went to college and you went again. Um, And then it started to grow when you decided to move there and see how it went. Um, Somebody that starts to do these sorts of things, Google the house that they want to live in or Google the city they want to live in. Look at the different houses on Zillow. Notice in your body what that feels like. Let's say you want to move to New York City. Just an example. And you Google New York City or you see you're following someone online that lives in New York City. When you see that, what do you feel? You can even close your eyes. Are you feeling expansion? Are you feeling contraction? Do you feel like it's possible for you? Do you feel like it's not possible for you? That's going to start to show you what sort of internal wounds need attention before you're able to actually manifest this into your reality. Because if you're seeing something and you're constantly feeling jealousy or contraction, that is an opportunity. That is the universe showing you where in your body you need to put some more attention. If you're feeling jealousy, where is it? Is it in your stomach? Is it in your heart? Okay, so let's say you're feeling it in your heart. And how to feel things in your body, that takes noticing things like this. And so if you're like, well, I don't know how to feel these sorts of things in my body or I can't see where they are in my body, then just start being more intentional, like creating time every day to um, pay attention towards what you're looking to manifest in your life. So again, with this move to New York City, every time you see a picture of it or you hear about it, Okay, notice where in your body you are feeling either expansive, open possibility energy or jealousy, contraction, that'll never happen for me, now I'm feeling sad. If you start to just notice the feelings you're having while you're doing these micro step activities, we can then, this is how we collapse time. Because you can, you can look at a photo of New York over and over again and feel contraction, contraction, contraction until one day down the road you finally feel like it's possible for you and then you can take your next micro step. Or you can look at a photo of New York for the first time and be like, oh, that's so big. I don't think that's possible for me. Okay, whoa. I am literally shrinking my shoulders. My stomach is in a knot and my heart hurts. Okay, why? Was there someone... Was there a teacher back when you were a, a child that told you, you you weren't good enough? Was there a parent maybe that told you, you know, this is the, you know, maybe you're you're a female and you were, you're not raised to be an entrepreneur. You were raised and told that, you know, there were only certain jobs that you could have and you had to look a certain way to get those jobs. Like, are you still holding on to these things from literally childhood that are stopping you from feeling expansive, open possibility energy around anything that you desire in life because when I I had to really heal this myself now when I see someone that has what I want I see that as God in the universe telling me there it is it's possible for you too however a few years ago Mm -hmm. I would have seen that and gotten real jealous (laughs) and so there are these things inside of us that we need to heal if we want to collapse time. You, I believe your destiny is certain and you will get to where you want to go no matter what. You're either going to ride the wave to get there or you're going to be pummeled in the current. Either way, you're going to get to where you want to go. It's up to you to decide if you want to follow the path of least resistance 
aka be on the personal development journey and heal your wounds <laughs> and grow and become deeply connected to spirit and your intuition. Or you can be on this challenge loop of learning lessons over and over and over again um, in difficult and um, yeah, difficult cir- circumstances, basically, that you really created for yourself. And we need to take radical responsibility and ownership over that is that we are creating our reality and some things we are born into, yes, and I do believe that that's part of our destiny and that we're there to to bear that cross in a sense in order to then relate with other people and to just feel the the full human experience that is not just love, light, positivity. It is it is also challenging. There's grief, there's strife and hardship that we must deal with um, and you will rise from that. <laughs> so that- that's my long rant on on feelings um, associated with manifestations and and mi- micro steps in order to kind of co- collapse time between those micro steps. So, John, if you'd like to riff on that, you are welcome to. Um, I think I would like to talk more about like motivation and drive as well. Um, that's just something that keeps getting brought up to me. People people keep saying, "Oh, you're so motivated. You're so driven. That's so amazing." I'm not like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, let's dig into it. What do you think about that? Okay. Everybody likes life hacks these days, like a cheat code life hack. So I've got a life hack for you. And the life hack is you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. I'll say it again. Life hack. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, This is the biggest cheat code, the biggest life hack that I've known. I discovered I constantly try to keep bringing myself back to this because this is the fastest way to get the life of your dreams, improve every aspect of your life. Um, just human being, the way that we're wired, we really absorb off of other people. We pick up their energy, we copy them, we mimic them. It's stuff we learned, you know, tribal from, uh, you know, back in the, uh, just the way we've evolved. Um, and that's how you get anything done is by the people around you, the people you're in contact with, they're the ones who can help you that you're learning from. Um, so this is just hugely important to spend time with people that you want to be like, um, you know, how do you want your body to look? How do you want your bank account to look? Where do you want to live? Like how eager or excited about life do you want to be? What type of person you want to be dating? Um, who do you want to be friends with? Be around people like that. Um, and whoever's listening right now, you can take action on this and change your life within hours, hours. So that is two things. It's bringing in people you want to be like and putting people that need to go on the back burner to the back burner. That's how I think of it is the analogy comes from a stove. You just on your stove, you're cooking something gets moved to the back burner and these people don't have to go away forever. They can be around, but You owe it to yourself if someone is toxic in your life or holding you back from your goals, pulling you back from what you want. They need to go to the back burner and not tomorrow, not next week. They need to go to the back burner like right now, today. Um, And sometimes I've even saved people on the phone who I know are major problems. Save them like back burner, uh, you know, Joe, back burner, Sue, whoever. This person needs to go to the back burner because they're really negative. And um, they'll be fine. They can have new people fill in. And that allows you to have new people fill in who are on the path to where you're going. And you can help them and they can help you. Because people that might need to go to the back burner, they can't hear you. You can't help them. You can't save them. They're not able to hear it right now. 
and the best way you can help them is being a good example yourself. And I know some people might think that's harsh, but um, you know, we're here on this planet to do and experience what we want to do and experience. And you only have so much time in each day and you're choosing who you can spend time with. Choose to spend time with people that you respect, that you want to be like, that you want to be around their energy, that you can help them and they can help you. Yes. And let's say that our purpose here as people are to influence and inspire other people and to bring everyone up. I mean, that that's that's what I believe in life. And so if you are feeling like, oh, well, you know, my Uncle Joe keeps posting. I don't, I don't have an Uncle Joe. I'm just throwing this out there. But like I've experienced this. It's like, OK, my family member, Uncle Joe keeps posting all this stuff about, you know, ne- negativity on Facebook. And he's just complaining all the time. But I would feel so bad to unfollow him because he might notice and then it's going to hurt his feelings. It's like, okay, so one person might have their feelings hurt for a second. Well, maybe he'll think about what he's posting and how it's not in anyone's best interest, including himself, to be bringing his own vibe down by speaking things into the universe and the world that he doesn't want to have continuing to happen in his life. You are enabling this person, in a sense, by not cutting off ties because you're giving them positive reinforcement, right? Your positive light is going to them while their negativity is going to you. You're enabling them. So you're actually not helping them by staying in touch with them and you're dimming your light. And if your purpose here is to be positive influence on other people, it is your duty to fill yourself up first so that you can overflow your abundant energy onto those around you. You're not going to be overflowing abundant energy if you're constantly putting out fires in other people's world. Absolutely. I call this positive brainwashing. So social media, whether you like it or not, these things become kind of like your vision board. If you don't know what a vision board is, Google it now. But your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube, your TikTok is a de facto vision board that is going in your brain, going in your energy, you're thinking about it. So I love clicking unfollow. If something is negative energy, doesn't unlift me, uplift me, unfollow, unfollow, and then consciously going to follow images that make me feel good, that inspire me. Whoever inspires you, take the negative people out unfollowing your social media and follow in the people who inspire you. Is it Oprah, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, whoever that person is for you, follow those people. And when you open up your social media, that's what you're going to start to see. Then the other, you can seed your social media with whatever your dreams are. You want to go to Paris, you want to go to Bali, follow a couple things about that. And then every time you're opening your social media, you're going to see Paris or Bali, whatever whatever it is you're trying to manifest in your life. And that could be with healthy body. Follow a few people. You like their message. Their message resonates for you on health and fitness. Even if you really need a lot of work on your health and fitness and diet, just follow a few and you'll... It'll sneak in while you're not paying attention, while you're not trying. You'll see enough pictures of, you know, the gym and healthy walks and avocados uh, or green juice that, you know, a little bit of that is going to get in and it's going to start to make the the difference. So I I call this, uh, you know, brainwashing, positive brainwashing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Using your social media as your vision board. Um, And that doesn't have to be done all in one day. It can start by just going in and unfollowing a couple of people right now. You can do this right now if you're not driving. (laughs) You can go in and unfollow a couple people right now. Follow hashtags of places you want to live. Follow Meet John Global. Follow Madeline Cecilia Dunn. Follow people that that inspire you. And get rid of the people that don't. That doesn't mean 
you're a bad person. That doesn't mean you're being mean. It just means that you're doing what's best for you so that you can live selflessly. If you are selfish, you I, I think some of the most selfish people are actually the most selfless people because they fill themselves up first so that they can overflow and give to others. You want to be that person. You want to be someone that when you're in the grocery store, you have the smile that you can give to the person checking your groceries out. You have no idea how many days, a positive days, a smile can affect someone else with. Like you being at the gas station and you know at Costco, there's someone like walking around talking to people while they fill up their gas. Like how can you positively influence that person? If you're so worn down by the thing that someone said two days ago on social media that you don't have the mental capacity to give a stranger a smile, you are not doing the world any good. Um, so that's just a really fun, super easy, tangible way for you to right now go and shift your world, move the needle in a sense. Um, now I've been starting to learn a little bit about dopamine because I'm an ex-pro athlete and realizing a, just a lot of my life has been controlled by dopamine. Um, there will be, I'm, I've got to find an expert on this because I and I'm becoming really, really obsessed with it in a sense, I guess. Um, and I know that dopamine is a way, this is all I know so far about dopamine, but it's definitely a way for you to influence and inspire motivation and drive and that like positive creative energy in your life. And one way to do that is with cold plunging. Mm. Um, and so I'm wondering if there's any like physical things that, that you do. We've talked about journaling. We've talked about vision boards. We've talked about people and their influence on you. Are there any other sort of hacks? I guess this is a really good way to talk about your daily spiritual practice that you do to create the vibe for your day. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned uh, cold plunge. Like, I think this is another, like where you can do the micro steps where you start, like, what is the closest, smallest way you can start on this? And people get bogged down. Like they need a cold plunge tube and how much ice and how many time to do it. Yeah. And I've done cold plunge. I like it the way I do it. The easy step just to get started. You can do it more perfectly um, is I'll just take the shower, do my normal soaping up all that stuff. And then once I've worked up my courage, lower the temperature from a nice hot shower to medium. And then like, all right, you know, I'm going to give it 60 seconds or two minutes, four minutes, whatever it is, and then crank it down cold, you know, start with 30 seconds and then do that for a few days and then 60 seconds for a few days. And hey, that got my foot in the door on cold plunge. And I think it's awesome. You can feel your body just electrify when you're doing the cold plunge. So I like these sort of ideas where people can just get started on something today and it's not overwhelming and they can get, they get 5% of the benefit or 50% of the benefit. You can debate it till the end of time, but you can start on a cold plunge today by just putting the water in the middle of your shower for 30 seconds or two minutes. Now you're on your way to taking action on a, a cold plunge. Yeah. And from personal experience with the cold showers, that, 100% gives you energy. Well, you're getting the adrenaline rush first. And then the dopamine, I, I believe, kicks in like minutes down the road, um, even while you're in the cold water. Um, and then after you get out of the after you get out of the water, you then are awake and alive and feeling good about the day. If, if you if you've never done this before, it's hard to believe that you feel good getting out of a freezing cold shower. But you really, really do. And so that is a quick, simple step. Um, and that's actually a lot quicker and simpler than sitting down and meditating every day, which um, 
that's one thing you and I have in common. I don't, I'm sure we don't do the same sort of meditation because um, meditation can be a lot of different things, you guys. It can be going on a walk and connecting with nature. It can be seated meditation. It can be Qigong standing breath work. There's so many different ways to just relax the body, tune in, calm the mind, and prepare yourself for an amazing day or decompress and relax yourself for an amazing sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you take a minute right now, people, you can just Google who meditates, successful people who meditate, and you will love the list of, of who you see there. It will make you interested. There's people who are important to you that you look up to who are meditating. So you can Google that, you know, who meditates. And then the next step, there's a thousand ways to meditate. Again, you can Google or YouTube how to meditate and pick the way that resonates for you. Um you know, there's a lot of different ways that can take its form. People are doing all sorts of stuff, breath work, sitting, laying, walking meditations, yoga, um, has meditative aspects, song. Um, so I think people just do it however way works for them. Google and something's going to resonate, something's going to pop out and it should evolve and change over time. But it is uh, a secret weapon, uh, meditation, and it can collapse time, help you get to your goals faster, um, really make the world around you uh, make a lot more sense. So there's a reason that all these people are so crazy about meditation and so vocal about it and why so many ultra successful people are meditating. So John, what does that look like in your life? You travel so much. Um, that might be a hindrance for some people. It's like, oh, well, I don't have my meditation corner with the cushions and whatever my whatever else I need to meditate. And so how how are you able to keep this a part of your life while you're traveling so much? I mean, it just changed my life for the better so much. So I find that time. Um, it, it just makes you smarter. It's like that movie Limitless where the guy takes the pill and he has all these super brain capabilities. That's kind of what meditation is over time um, that can improve your relationships your happiness, your bank account, your physical body. Um, so for me, I'll just Google. I have certain ones I like on YouTube and listen. Uh, 15 minutes is plenty of time. 15 minutes is enough. Find a quiet place. Uh, turn your ringers, your buzzers off. Try to get away from uh, noise and find 15 minutes to just listen to that quiet recording. Pay attention to your breath. Zone out. Um, and you know, that's enough for the meditation. Maybe you want to keep a journal and write cool ideas. If you get some cool idea, um, you can write it down, but that's enough quiet place, 15 minutes, find a recording on YouTube. That's free that resonates for you and boom, start meditating and, uh, give it a try and give it a few tries. And if you don't like it, take a little break and then try it again sometime. Um, but it's supposed to be what works for each individual person and change and evolve over time, I think. Yes. And the change and evolve is so important. Um, I got a little bogged down with that recently because like in the last couple of years, I was very, <laughs> a lot of my family and friends are listening to this. I was very into meditation when I was, um, like 17, 18 years old, um, got real deep into, well, okay. So I was raised Catholic, kind of walked away from 
that uh, totally rebelled from that and then when I was you know in my teen years I found the Hare Krishnas and I started hanging out um, at the temple uh, with them and eating the prasad and um, you know singing and worshiping the deities and thinking about cutting my hair and joining and then I wanted and then I decided that wasn't the community for me and I wanted to go um, to an ashram somewhere and then I decided I wanted to hang out with the Buddhist monks and I have always been so deeply attracted to these different cult cult cultural communities that's <laughs> what it is <laughs> everything is I mean anything cultural is a cult it's just that's the short word for culture and so that's what it is it's it's nothing bad about it and uh what I realized was that I was practicing I, I mean I was feeling God's presence in the different forms of meditation that I was practicing with them which was song and dance and also seated meditation I mean to the point where when I was trained with the by the Buddhists I sat and I wasn't they told us we weren't allowed to move even if we had an itch even if our legs fell asleep it was such like masculine structured meditation I have now more feminine flow in my meditation but I thought I had just had to sit seated cross-legged didn't move for a very long time that's what I was trained to be meditation and then years went by and I was finding I then you know found ski mountaineering and that became my meditation you know walking for hours up the mountain where it's just me and movement up the mountain and free solo climbing another another form of meditation where you have to focus on what you're doing and if you do not and you slip and you fall you can very likely die so there are these are like the different very extreme ways that I discovered meditation and so after my years free solo climbing and ski mountaineering which ended quite recently actually I thought that I had to have this sort of intense structure with my meditation and that if I didn't have that in intense structure with meditation, I was doing it wrong or I wouldn't find the spiritual connection that I used to. And I got kind of sad about it. And I recently realized like, no, that gets to evolve and grow. I'm not, it, it's not me looking back and trying to, uh, trying to grab onto something that I used to have. I'm not, I'm not losing anything. I'm taking the experiences that I've had, which for you, maybe like reading has always been really peaceful or sitting in a sunroom or watching the birds, like any sort of experience that you've had that have, that has created this deep connection between you and spirit, you and source, you and yourself, take that and evolve it with where you are in your life now. So if you're traveling a bunch or if you're working a bunch and you don't feel like you have time to connect like you did when you were a kid, this is like the micro step thing again. Go out and touch a tree. Notice when you're driving if a bird is flying over and just be like thankful to be in that space with you and the bird. Um, give yourself an opportunity to read a poem at night or in the middle of the day for me is when I've been finding meditation most useful. I go out and I walk or I, or I sit and I do my meditation or I stand and I do my qigong. And it's an opportunity when I'm feeling tired in the middle of the day, when I feel like I don't have time, that's when I do it. That's when I know, oh, okay, I, this, is, this is actually the time. It's when we've experienced challenge, when we experience voids, space in my head I'm imagining these like dark sticky difficult to move through spaces of oh it's uncomfortable oh I don't know what's on the other side oh I don't feel like I can do that that is the universe giving you a sign that is the direction to move towards because growth is not comfortable and if you want to stay comfortable if you want to stay where you are our bodies are meant for that they're meant to keep us safe we are 
we are, this is why doing new things is scary because your body is already saying, your mind, your ego is saying, oh, you're safe right here because you have a roof over your house. You are being fed. Why, why would you add anything new? Why would you do anything that could possibly disrupt the, the, the safety of life that you have right now? Your brain, its goal is to keep you alive. Its goal is not to make sure you have the happiest, most enlightened life possible. That's your soul and your spirit. Your brain's job, your ego's job is to keep you alive on this planet, which you already are. So why would you add something new and scary? <laughs> There's no reason for that. And so if you're feeling this this uncomfortable energy around doing new things, whether it's, you know, starting to work out more or meditate just for the first time, know that that uncomfortable feeling has been felt by all of those people that you Googled who who is successful that meditate. Know that that uncomfortable feeling is something that John and I have both experienced. We just, we move through it because when you do that once, just once, you realize what's on the other side. What's on the other side is an evolved, beautiful life, something that you get to now bring with you on your journey during this lifetime and then pass down to the people around you, to your children. It becomes your legacy of moving through uncomfortable experiences and then sharing that with other people so that we can all grow and evolve together. Well put. I'm getting a little preachy over here. Um, it's, it's the Madeline show, right? I get to do that. It's my own show. I love it. <laughs> so motivation and drive. I mean, we could just go back and forth on this for so long. And um, I've got some ideas on how John and I can keep inspiring you guys. And, um, you know, I hope to have him back on the show again as well. But there are some more things that I want to talk about. Um, can we talk? Can we talk about your TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about TikTok. <laughs> Let's talk about TikTok. You guys, John gets millions of views on his TikTok videos. Millions. And so in my mind, when I see that, uh, I don't know if we've gotten to, that depending on when this episode launches, you may or may not know that the only reason I'm an ex-pro ski mountaineer is because I built myself into a brand. It's not that I'm the best. It's not that I am the most talented in any way. It's that I pitched the most companies and got the most no's and got a couple yeses. And so I have seen in my life and in other people that I've been an agent for on how you can leverage social media to make change. And so whenever I see someone's social media, I in my entrepreneurial mind see that as a brand. And John, I told John, I'm like, meet John Global as a brand. You're building a brand, whether or not you know it. And there are opportunities for you to Oh my gosh, you could raise money for organizations. You could create a business around it for yourself. You can partner with a private jet company with Rolex. I mean, the you, when you go and you look on Amex's website, what do you see? You see pictures of people in beautiful places. There's different ways to get those photos. You can buy stock photos or you can run a campaign. And if you're a brand and you pitch another company like Amex on, let's do a travel campaign, I will literally create the marketing materials and content for you to then promote and use for your business. That is a win-win situation. Um, and there can be money involved, a lot of money and a lot of cool trips and a lot of fame and a lot of experiences and opportunities to create global change and impact. Like it could be a nonprofit campaign. It could be an opportunity for you to support um, a community. Like maybe you're feeling 
maybe you're feeling uh, super, super down about something that's happening in the world that you have no control over, you can use your social media presence and growing a social media presence as an opportunity for you to direct that energy that might be feeling like defeat and turn that and create opportunity and um, some dopamine rushes for yourself out of it, quite frankly, and because now you are the alchemist of your emotions. Pointing with my pen here for those of you that are listening to this, you become the alchemist of your emotions by turning what is you're looking at a situation that you cannot do anything about, supposedly, you feel defeat. You can now use something in your life that you're already doing, your social media presence, as an opportunity to bring change by partnering with companies that have the resources to help enact that change because we do nothing on our own. And so, John, I want you to talk about your journey with TikTok. It's not like you started with three million. And um, yeah, just share, share a little bit with people about your experience with that and the types of things. We'll have it linked in the, the comments here, the show notes, um, so you guys can see it. It's Meet John Global if you want to go look at it now. Um, yeah, what are you sharing on social media? Yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting journey on social media because I come from kind of a conservative industry, the financial industry, and uh, there it was really programming to to hide, be hidden, not put yourself out there. And <laughs> it was fascinating to me. Um, one of the things along that journey was I found out the CEO of the most premier bank on the planet and one of the stuffiest banks on the planet that their CEO uh, is a DJ on the weekends. And <laughs> I was just shocked. I was floored um, that this ultra stuffy, the biggest, most prestigious bank that the CEO is at nightclubs, at parties, being a DJ. And I saw, I was like, all right, if the CEO of this bank can be a DJ for fun on weekends, it's okay to go out there have a side gig, put yourself out there a little bit, express yourself uh, a whole new paradigm. And then talking about the social effect of social media, Gary V, just watching Gary V, who's a prominent person on social media, watching him talk. Uh, I kept hearing him so many times saying, get out there, get your business on social media. And, you know, he was being asked the questions, oh, how do I start? How do I start? He said, take your phone, turn it around. <laughs> It record. I was like, oh my gosh, this is uh, so simple. And that's kind of how, um, how it started. And um, I view it as a little bit like an art form. Um, like it's fun. Like, you know, you can paint, put oil on canvas, that's painting, or you could do ballet or do theater or do television as an art or singing that there's a bit of an art aspect to social media um, and I started a few months ago and I just wanted to play around and learn. And since then I have a couple million views and pretty interesting. I have a couple million views already without trying too much. So it leads me to think, all right, am I going to get more millions of views or hundreds of millions of views? Or then I start looking around, I'm like, all right, you know, how many views are some people getting on social media? I'm like, oh my gosh, some of these people have billions of views. Are you kidding me? billions of views and you know you're looking around you're thinking oh, could I do this maybe like am I as smart as these people are doing as cool stuff as these people maybe um so it's it's kind of the tool of the day like if you're in in business you know back in the day fax machines started being used you had to use a fax machine to help your business you had to start using email you have to start taking credit cards um so 
you know, are you going to use technology to express yourself and be a part of this world? And like it or not, social media now is, is part of our world. Yeah. So how do we turn views into impact, which dollars can create impact? And so how do we turn views into dollars? How do you pitch a company um, if that's the route that you want to go with this? And so my suggestion to John is like, get a private jet company on board because there's money there. They want to, it's, it's a good marketing tool for them and PR stunt for lack of better words to partner with someone that's doing good things in the world put their dollar on that put their logo on that hey now they're helping um depending on how they run their business well yeah i guess it's a business expense so it's a write-off there's um a lot of different benefits to these companies and so if you're feeling like well what do i have to offer to the company i just listed out some of what you're offering to the company it is in their benefit to work with you, and you truly need to believe that. If you don't believe that, they're not gonna they're not gonna sign with you. They're not gonna become a client of yours. They're not gonna become a partner of yours. And I tell this to artists who don't want to invest in their career. They want to come out of art school and they want to wait for an agent to pick them up, take fifty percent of the profit, take a hundred percent of the contacts that end up buying their work. And that is what artists a lot in the world are are currently waiting for. And That is not an empowering place to be, to think that you don't have enough to offer people to go ahead and invest in what you're doing, invest in in belief in what you're doing and pitch people to like, I mean, there's no reason why if, if you're, if you have a social media presence right now that like Rolex can't be a client of yours, the only thing getting in the way is your mindset. 100% because, and I tell, okay, so I also share, well, let me finish the artist thing. So if you are going to be investing in your career why why would somebody else believe in you and put money down on you when you are not willing to put money down on yourself when you are not willing to invest in yourself whether that's more education marketing getting an agent uh, or sorry not an agent a an assistant if you are waiting for someone to invest in you and you are not already investing in yourself that is a mismatch of energy it is just not going to work so If you are someone that is looking for um, a sponsorship or a partner with your social, like a partner company with your social media, you do need to show them the, the impact in numbers that you are creating. And that's more than views. So my suggestion would be to first go out and find a company. This can be as simple as DMing people on social media or... (laughs) My favorite thing to do is go on LinkedIn. Uh, You can get a LinkedIn premium account for this. This is how I find freelance writers. This is how I find um, people to uh, assist me, writers, in in pitching whatever I'm doing to the news um, or to get into magazines. I love LinkedIn. And you can go on LinkedIn and find people that work for different companies. And so find a company that you want to work with and then find someone that works for that company. What you can, depending on how big the company is, you might need to like, take a step back so if you want to get featured in Rolling Stone maybe find a local magazine or newspaper that will feature you first um, and start to build up like some clout behind you and um, if you have a website you know you can take screenshots of your features for me when I was building up my sponsor my sponsorship list of people that I was working with you know I ended up working with Subaru but years before I didn't I wasn't working with anyone and so I had to pitch a bunch of people and basically pitch them on my story I was you guys remember Prezi I was using Prezi presentations, which is like a PowerPoint, an interactive PowerPoint to pitch GoPro and all these different companies that I wanted to work with. Basically, my life story in a Prezi presentation, 100 before I got a response or before I got a yes. Once you start getting your first 
yeses. You get more yeses because then you can use that and leverage that as an opportunity to move on to the next. You're climbing a ladder in a sense, um, but you're keeping the you're keeping the the partnerships um, with with good rapport. Um, you're not just like ditching the next person and moving on. You're making sure that you really hold up your end of the deal. So one way to do that is to actually ask for like a discount code or something that can track your traffic and so if you want to work with a private jet company start by or rolex or someone start by finding someone that works for them and so you can go on linkedin you can google and find a press release this is another good one google and find a press release that they've sent out and a lot of the time like the ceo's contact address will be on that press release depending on where it's going i got lucky with amex with that um and so like there's all different ways to find people. Uh, LinkedIn's great. You can search like whatever private jet company who works for them, find the PR director, find the marketing director. Uh, that tends to be the quickest way. You can just get LinkedIn premium to do that. If you want to do it for free, if you don't want to get LinkedIn premium, which there is a 30 day free trial, but if you don't want to deal with that, you can go and just find the contact at email address. Know that there's this thing called the follow up and it's required. So um, you can be doing uh-huh. all of this on your own or you can get an assistant to do this for you um, or an online business manager. VA would be like a virtual assistant, OBM, online business manager. You can hire someone to do this for you. If you're not in that position, you do it yourself. And so you find the contact information for a company that you're going to pitch that you feel a little uncomfortable pitching, right? Because we're moving through discomfort to get to a space of growth. And so if you feel a little bit uncomfortable, that's great practice worst that can happen is that they don't get back to you after you reach out seven times so take seven times I've heard 14 um, I think seven is a lot take seven times to get a hold of someone um, on average and so you reach out wait a week reach out wait a week do that four times after that you reach out once a month so that's basically reaching out for an entire financial quarter after that you can reach out once a year I've had partnerships that didn't happen until after two years of this process of me not giving up and continuing to reach out and they were some of the most amazing lucrative partnerships of my life um I mean think about all the emails that you don't respond to there's it's not that they don't love you it's not that they don't want your thing it's not that they think you're dumb it's that they either didn't see it don't have time for it or forgot your goal is to get a response and I actually have a cold calling spreadsheet that I've created that I give to my clients for tracking this like okay whose turn is it to respond um how did you respond to them um yeah there's I I have a whole training on this um and I I I do train people on this I used to be an agent for people and now I train people on how to be their own agent and how to uh create an an agency for themselves so to hire the right people to get this done um so if you can get yourself some sort of discount code um even if it's an influencer like tracking link to get people to sign up for an email list or into a freebie with the company you want to work with. This is an opportunity for you to say, hey, my millions of views or my couple hundred views actually turn into a couple hundred, couple thousand, whatever it is, clicks for you. People, they're buying clicks by working with you. And so before they full on give you the free thing, see how much you can do for them. See how engaged your audience actually is with what you're doing because your views and your likes and your engagement on your content doesn't mean much to that company until you can show that those people can be converted into potential clients and customers for them. So one way to do that is it's a totally risk-free opportunity for the company because they're just giving you an affiliate link. Like that's great. You're doing free work for them. 
they will say yes if they already have the program in place. And if they don't and they're interested, they might just create the program for you. That has happened to me before. Um, and so that those are a couple of examples on how to just get your foot in the door with companies. And then we already talked a little bit about the different ways that you can create influence with your account. But really, like the sky isn't even the limit with that because we're just getting started with this whole social media thing. Um, and so, John, like, how do you feel thinking about and you don't have to do any of this. You can just use your account as a personal blog, which is is how I see it now. But I like how do you feel about Meet John Global being a brand and creating um impact more than just inspiring people to travel in the world yeah i mean i like the saying a lot crawl walk run crawl walk run and with my social media i'm definitely in the crawl space it it just started something i just became really open to so i'm curious and excited to see where does this lead um there's a saying i like that it's not only who you know but it's who knows you um and for a lot of people like who knows them? Not that many people, the people they run into day to day. Um, so I've been exposed to a lot more people and am curious to see where that goes. I don't know what my audience is yet. Like the, the internet will, will show me what the audience is. Is it entrepreneurs? Is it people who like to travel? You know, what is it? Um, so I'm open to opportunities and very curious to see where the road takes me. And that's part of the fun and part of the joy of life is, getting out there and exploring and, and being open to what comes. Yeah. And you just actually touched on something really important. Um, if you don't know who your audience is, interact with them and ask. These different apps allow you to have polls. So you can create a poll. And I'll do that every so often. Like who on here is an entrepreneur? Because I'm switching my Instagram. Uh, well, I've switched it from my ski account that I used for my sponsors. And I, I still actually am contracted at, at this time to post um, – well, it's almost the winter season's almost over. I think I have about, you know, one more social media takeover to do uh, for one company and uh, another post to do for another company. And then at that point, my social media is now fully mine to use for my own personal development brand. Um, and so I'm polling my audience to see, okay, who on here is an entrepreneur? Not that many. Uh, the majority of people that follow me are guys and they're um, just from checking profiles and stuff. You know, they're they're in the athletics industry they're in, or they're interested in like outdoor sports. And so my and, and they work different types of types of jobs. They're not necessarily entrepreneurs. And so me seeing that as an entrepreneur, right, because this is a podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders, me seeing that knowing where my audience is at and who they are is making me create new systems and strategies around how I'm promoting this new business. So now I'm switching from promoting my business, which even the art curation stuff I promoted mainly on social media. I'm now switching to guest posting and creating press releases as a way to drive traffic to a blog and a podcast in which I sell in both of those. I sell into my email list, which uh, nurtures and sells. And then I, I sell on the podcast as well as educate which will be very amusing podcast transcripts to create blog posts as well, because there's going to be traffic on the internet that reads blog posts. There's going to be traffic in the world that listens to podcasts. Those might actually be two separate people. And so when you look at, you can do this by looking at your insights in social media. I mean, I believe you have to have a creator or a business account, but that's easy enough to just go and switch it. And then Instagram or whatever app you're using will show you your feedback. Like, okay, this post got this much engagement. Um, in your stories, you can start adding polls or ask questions. The more, the algorithm's always changing, but the more people that click and engage with your stuff and the longer they stay on your stuff, the more people it gets shared with. So I just got done taking a six or seven week course 
on like social media algorithms basically across different platforms and learning a bunch of just like tools and techniques to use um and then that is really only useful if I go and I see who my audience is are are you know are they entertained by me yes are they learning from me maybe right somebody may or may not be open to what you're saying like you need to know why people are watching you are are they entertained are they learning are they going to buy are they going to actually take action because you can listen to me you can listen to this podcast like netflix or you can take action you can listen to one episode and take action do one of the many things we've already mentioned and then see actual change in your life the change doesn't come from listening the change comes from taking what you learned and applying it to your life. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what happens with Meet John Global. I'm going to keep following because you're, well, right now you're in like the motherland for me. I'm half Polish. I've been to Warsaw and Krakow. And before this, you were in Bulgaria and you've met so many amazing people. And I'm loving you actually featuring those people on your platforms. If I were to give you any sort of like feedback, I would say to, to continue that because you could just see how your face lit up, that you really enjoyed it. And that was actually a key part in what you're doing that you hadn't been sharing prior. Yeah, it's it's amazing how excited and curious people get about social media. If they hear that you're doing something on YouTube or doing something on TikTok, they'll say, oh, my son is doing something on TikTok or show me or what's your handle? Um it's really interesting how people, how curious people are and they light up, they get excited. They want to be involved. Um, I think we're in the early innings of social media where it's going to go. Um, but you know, you're an expert on this, Madeline. What do you think about what I'm doing so far? What, where do you think it should go? Let's take some time and, and hear your knowledge and expertise and let you shine with what you think I ought to be doing or, or what some of the potentials are for what I'm doing in social media. Well, I would say to keep doing what feels good. Don't post if you feel like you should. Post when you feel the most, and this is a little energetic, but post when you feel the pull to post. And so you can be recording content and capturing content on your phone and then say a little prayer, do a little meditation. When you're, when you're hitting send, you know, you're creating your art, right? You're taking your footage, you're editing, you're putting music to it. That is your art form. When you go to publish that piece, say a little prayer and tell the app, tell the algorithm that you want this to reach the people that are going to feel inspired. You want this to reach the people that might feel like they can't do this right now and they need to see proof, right? You are social proof of something that's possible, which is living a travel lifestyle from before and through and after a pandemic. (laughs) It's phenomenal. Um, And so that's one little fun energetic tip I have is to just (laughs) tell the universe what you want. Tell the app what you want. Put that vibration that you are living and experiencing intentionally into the process of sharing your art form with the world. So there's that. I would also, and I did not learn that in my strategy course. That is my own little thing. Um, I would say when it comes to engaging with the audience, what I, I haven't done my, my research on your comments. Um, are you replying to comments on TikTok with video? With oh, video replies? That's an interesting. I've heard that before. Hey there. How are you enjoying the show? I've got a quick message to share with you from our sponsor, and then I'll be right back. Are you an entrepreneur that does things differently? <laughs> 
just like me. Maybe your business is untraditional or non-conventional. Your work uniquely you. Maybe you even see a little bit of you in me. The way you create and sell is going to look differently within the many seasons of your life as you grow. Developing balanced masculine and feminine energies in your brand allows for inevitable change over the years. The transitions happen flawlessly. Learn the strategy behind Go With The Flow and create the systems that allow you to live your dream life now because success isn't a thing you get, it's a feeling you can have today. Sign up for Build The Biz, my signature business course, teaching you the energetics of entrepreneurship at themadelineshow.com. So you can reply to people's comments with videos on TikTok. It is a way to engage with your people and bring them into the experience of your life, make them more invested and feel like they're a part of your account. It allows you to create community. And so the way that you, you could Google this, we love Google and YouTube. I'm sure you can Google and YouTube this, but the way I've seen it, people do it is somebody creates a comment, right? You get comments on your video on TikTok. And then what you can do is create, you can respond to that comment with a video and or create a new TikTok video adding the comment you can like literally hit reply to comment with video create a TikTok video replying to that comment and now they get to be a part of your show um, and what that does is it creates engagement it creates um, people that are going to follow you forever people that feel like they're a part of something you're creating community you're giving a, someone that might feel like a nobody an opportunity to connect with somebody that they admire a lot of crazy comments and it's kind of entertaining but yeah now I, I'm gonna try this I'm dealing with it yeah create a video around the comments and um, just replying to the comments in general helps your algorithm um, replying to the comments in general with text is good because it creates engagement with the people makes them feel like they're part of something but then creating a video that lives on your TikTok page to reply to comments I've seen different coaches do that with positive comments people asking questions because you know if somebody has a question someone else has the question so you answer the question in a video that lives on your page people also do that to deal with the haters I've seen some really powerful ways of people answering questions that really should have never been asked <laughs> on the platform and so that's a little TikTok example. Um, uh, I know TikTok is releasing stories or already has. I don't know anything about that. But with Instagram stories, I talked about polls. I talked about asking people comments, uh, asking people to comment, not just reply like in a DM to your story, but to, and these are just stickers that you add, like where you add a GIF um, and you can Google or YouTube this, like how to put a comment box in my Instagram story. Um, it's a way to get feedback. It's a way for people to learn more about you. It's a way to see, I do this periodically to see what kind of content people are looking for. Um, I did this and recently got like six or seven new idea topics for my, my podcast. I asked on the internet in an Instagram story, what would people like me to talk about on my podcast? And now I have all these new episodes. Like I can come up with my own episodes and I can also ask my audience, what do they want to learn about? Because the point of this is to of course share my story and get have people feel like they know me before they buy from me if they even want to and also as a way for me to give back to the community and for me to use my gifts and talents my creative life force energy to better the planet um, and so there's so many different angles you can go at with this um, 
So I would say for you also too, I loved your Miss Bulgaria video that you made on TikTok where you interviewed Miss Bulgaria. I'm just going to bet that there were more people that you have met that you could do micro interviews with on Meet John Global. Yeah, I love the the small interviews. So fun. The people enjoy it. I enjoy it. And uh, you never know what you're going to get back from whatever community that that person resonates with. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea you could ski and go to a beach like a Miami in Bulgaria. And now I'm like, what? I like she did a good job representing her her country in that little micro interview. <laughs> and where were you in Sri Lanka when there were like monkey were monkeys eating hamburgers or something? I can't remember, but you had you, you had a one of the community members or guides in your walking group. Um hold your camera for you and like they also got to be on camera while you were showing us the monkeys behind one of the restaurants <laughs> do you remember the video i'm talking about yeah i have a lot of cool videos from uh sri lanka that i still haven't uh posted them all it was wild the, the people mainly spoke english it was super safe it was very exotic um so much content still coming from uh sri lanka yeah there are there are so many different directions that you can go with your social media. And I, I know for you, the first time I met you, when we were on that hike and you pulled out your phone, you, you mentioned that you're, you know, you're doing this so you can share what you're doing with the world. It's almost like creating like a, a, a micro business plan around your intention. Cause you're spending a lot of time and energy on that app. So let's make, let's make sure it's like for, for the intention that you started it out with or the intention that, you know, you've now created. Cause you don't always, you know, just cause you start with like a vision and a mission doesn't mean it's the same vision and mission a couple of years down the road, but to, to create that intention, like, okay, really, why am I showing up for people? Like, I know it's fun for me to record my life. I love taking videos of where I'm going. And so why not share those with people? Like, is there, I would get down and get kind of serious with this. You know, is there, is there anything else that is really driving me to do this? Is there anything else that, you know, I feel like is really valuable and important in my life like seeing all, like meeting and talking to different people, you know, you haven't actually brought that into, I would say the majority of your videos don't have that. And I feel like that's a really important piece of the story. It's like, what other pieces of the story of your story are important to you of things in your life that you want to, you know, see changed on a global level? Like how, how can you take that and turn it into a mission and a vision for your social media account? So is what I'm hearing you say that you would like to see for me more interviews of people that I'm meeting. Does that feel like it's a part of your story that's really important during your traveling? Yeah, I think it's fun because I meet a lot of really interesting people and some of them, a lot of them get pretty excited actually when I ask them about doing an interview. And it's kind of like a tool, a mechanism to meet and interact with more interesting people and give them a voice where maybe no one knows who they are and, and they might be profiled in front of millions of people. Exactly. You are giving, and that's, I, that's where I saw you light up. You're giving someone else a voice that didn't already have one. You're helping someone by letting them use your platform in a sense, in order to share their message. Miss Bulgaria got to use your platform to share her message. She reached me when there was no other way for her to reach me, but she reached me through you. That is something really powerful that you can. Now we're all talking about how Bulgaria both has skiing, 
you know, and the beach, more and more people are hearing because of that yeah. multiplier effect social media. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's on this podcast and then somebody else is going to hear. I, I would be shocked if at least one person didn't book a vacation there based on this podcast and your account. It's like how like what other types of change do you want to see made in the world that you aren't even thinking there's a connection between that and social media yet? And that's where like I like for you, a fun journaling prompt would be like, what is my mission and vision? You've done that before with businesses. So what is your mission and vision for social media for this specific account? And it can be account specific because one thing that I do with my clients is like, okay. You're going to use different social media accounts as traffic drivers to whatever it is, an email freebie, your website, a podcast, and then that podcast is going to be, or that freebie email list subscriber thing is going to become a lead generation opportunity. And then from that lead generation, it's going to drive that into a sales generator. The sales generator then creates an income source for your business. So there's this step, this process that I use when I'm creating systems with my clients where we come up with traffic drivers that lead into lead generation opportunities to funnel into a sales generator or sales system that then creates an income source for them and their business. And you'll have you'll have that as a formula for each thing in your business. So if you're doing one-on-one coaching, group coaching and retreats as like a life coach or a motivational speaker, you're going to have different a different system using that same template for each of those different income sources in your business. Um, how did I even get on that topic? <laughs> This is where my brain is just like, because um, traffic drivers for social media. So if you're going to use Facebook, Instagram, and email as your traffic drivers, really you'd probably drive traffic into an email. So let's just say Facebook and Instagram as your and and guest posting as your, which is creating a blog post for company for magazines like Oprah.com, Entrepreneur, Forbes Magazine, Business Insider, like all of these different prestigious online and some offline publications, they will accept your writing and publish it. And you can put a call to action in that writing to drive traffic back to something that sells whatever it is you're selling. It's a really beautiful way to drive traffic in your business when you don't want to be on social media or when you just don't want to be on social media all the time. There's also a whole network of people you're not speaking to when you're only showing up to promote your business um, on your website and social media. It's like, all right, so if you're going to use Instagram and Facebook to drive traffic to your business for your business, well, are you using them for different things? You know, what is your, is, is, is your TikTok account a way for people to get to know you? And then your Instagram account is a way for people to connect with you. And then your Facebook account is a way for you to network. Each thing actually has a different purpose. Each thing was built for different types of people to communicate in different ways. They all have different algorithms. They, even though Facebook and Instagram are both owned by Meta, they are different and serve different purposes and different content will do better on one or the other because they are literally built for different reasons, for different people to interact in different ways. So get really clear on that. I mean, you can post the same thing to all all of your different traffic drivers if you want to, You can, which many people do. Um, I do not. I sometimes do, but I, I use Facebook and Instagram differently. I have different people that follow me on, on those two different platforms. Um, I know the algorithms are different and they even accept different like word counts and character limits and types of content that can even be posted. So I'm going to 
use that with intention to create whatever it is I'm creating in this world. Like, so a little tip for you guys on Facebook, don't post links in your Facebook, in your Facebook post, post it in the comments. If you're trying to link someone off of Facebook, if you're trying to link someone into a group on Facebook, you can post that in the, in the post because it's not telling the algorithm this person is getting off the app. They're getting deeper into the app. Each app wants the person to be on there longer. So how can you provide value on the app to keep them on the app longer while also providing value? Um, and so I don't know too much about TikTok other than the fact that, you know, be clear on what you're using it for, um, how to get, you know, people being on your account more and more bo- boosts you in the algorithm. You can use TikTok as a way, if you have a business account, you can have a link in your bio to drive traffic to like, well, I think there's a nonprofit button too, but like the nonprofit of your choice, or if there's a cool article that you want people to read, like, let's say you're not trying to build a business out of it and you're just wanting to create impact and influence, where do you want to drive traffic to? Because that can either be an opportunity to entertain people or it can be an opportunity to drive traffic elsewhere. You do have an Instagram button and on Instagram, you can have a link in your bio with, because the one thing for you is, I don't know if you can change to a business account from using all of the, um, not like the copywritten music. Um, with the business mm-hmm. accounts, you need to have royalty free music. Um, and so I would just, I think, I don't know what TikTok does if it like, it does something. So just read the rules on that. I don't want it to, I don't think it deletes your videos, but just be conscious of that. And so if you don't change your, if you don't want a link in your bio for TikTok, you do automatically have a link to go to Instagram or YouTube. So you can be driving traffic to your profiles. You can be driving traffic. You can have Tony Robbins Instagram, like driving traffic to people that motivate other people. It's whatever you want to use it for. Just know that it has so much power. It is a traffic driver. Yes, it's a personal blog. Yes, it's a marketing tool. And it's an opportunity for you have all these people watching you. And then they go and watch someone else. What if they watched you and then you directed them somewhere else to either upgrade their money mindset, learn more from you, drive traffic to to a company that you're affiliated with. Um, I, I really want you to, to look at this as an opportunity to create massive impact and change. Um, and if you want to use it as an opportunity to get people to, to meditate more, you said you have an app. I mean, you could be driving traffic to your companies, especially like if it's an app for anxiety and depression and um, schizophrenia and maybe you, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? I was curious. You kind of just like blew over that. And then we talked about meditation and I was, I feel like they could all be connected if you wanted them to. Um, but yeah, I mean, is that an app that you want to pr- promote? We're kind of like, we're at the point in the podcast too, where if there's like, your, if you want to promote your companies or mention a couple of people that inspire you, that follow you online, like where would you drive traffic to today? If you were to create um, like, like actually with this podcast, where do you want to drive traffic to from this podcast <laughs> for your benefit? Yeah. You're welcome to reach out to me. They can send me a direct message. Uh, hopefully I'll respond, um, or, uh, say something in the comments. I love to hear from new people, love to hear where they are, what's going on with them. Um, if I can be of help and hear their story. Um, and I'm just kind of enjoying uh, using the social media as an avenue to explore more of life. So if someone has an idea for me or an opportunity, I'm all ears. The uh, app company, I'll, I'll save that for another day. Uh, that's an exciting company, but uh, it's got its whole life going on uh, and its whole uh, team. Yeah, groovy. Um, 
So there will be comments, or I keep saying comments, in the show notes, there will be all different sorts of opportunities to connect with John. I will put his Instagram, I will put his TikTok, I will put, if you want, an email address, whatever you want, and a little mini bio. Um, let's see if, is there, do you have any more questions for me or something that I, you know, maybe got onto a train of thought and didn't finish in terms of social media or any other questions you have for me regarding anything that we talked about? You know, just um, you're an expert in the space. So any other ideas you have for the uh, Meet John Global? Yeah. Um, I'm happy. Any parting thoughts on uh, my particular online presence? Okay, so here's what I think. I And this is just one example, right? My brain, I come up with a lot of ideas for a lot of different people. Like creating these systems is what I do with my clients. And then I let them just go run with it. And I teach them how to build systems. So when they want to take something off, it doesn't fit anymore. Take that jacket off for the new season. Um, they know how to then create their own system um, within this new season that they're in, in business and in their life. And so with your TikTok or with your Instagram, something that I think could be really cool that people would really benefit from and that I think you would really love. Um, one example, you could do an email, an email list, um, where you send, cause I know you have so much more content and stories to share that aren't getting published online. Um, am I right on that? Yeah. Okay. So you have all this stuff that you can still share and it's, it's sitting on your phone. It's sitting in your head. And so how do we get it out to the world and how do we put it in a place where you own the content? Cause my one biggest issue with social media. I have a lot of issues with it, but my biggest, and I use it, I have a lot of great things that I think about it too. Um, you don't own it. You can get taken down. Accidents happen. You can just get straight up deleted and everything goes away. You love being connected to these humans. It would stink if one day you woke up and you were no longer connected to those humans. So have, have, you drive traffic to something where you can stay connected and be in their lives because we don't know you don't know how this is going to grow for you we know this is the beginning so you could do tim ferris does this weekly email list five bullet friday where he just does he sends an email super short out every friday maybe you're already on it five coolest things that he learned about that week it can be simple like that it doesn't have to be a novel your email list can also just drive traffic back to your social media platforms <laughs> like you can, and I'll do, I'll do emails sometimes that drive traffic to my YouTube. One went out on Sunday to my people. I do this fun thing with my email list um, where I just, I send an email out and I do a couple of photos, like random photos from my week, like my dog with his tongue out, a selfie of me. And I call it video roulette, click on a photo and get taken to a one of my favorite pieces of content on one of my favorite social media platforms. There are so many ideas when it comes to email marketing. Um, and what, and one way to get people onto your email list would be to put a link in your bio on your social media platforms, and that link can be an opt-in to the email list. So it could be, give me your email in exchange for um, a free meditation and have that meditation land in your inbox immediately, and then you become subscribed to my weekly email list where you learn about the five coolest things that 
I saw this week. It's almost like an exclusive BTS bubble. Like you like Meet John Global. Well, you if you want if you want the behind the scenes of of my life, if you want to know more about my life and learn more about all the amazing things that I'm learning about, join my email list. Like treat it like a community that people are walking into and feeling like they're a part of. Um, and now you have their contact information. So if social media ever fails us, you still have an opportunity to stay connected with these people because we have no idea where those connections could lead. And in fact, some of the people that you're connected with, I'm doing air quotes here, on social media, um, you're, you're not really connect. You could be more connected. I don't know. I don't have like a more eloquent way of saying that but like just because someone's commenting like there's more that you can share with them there's more that they can share with you somebody I mean I just have so many stories of people liking my stuff and commenting on my stuff and then I get in their dms and I send them a voice memo and all of a sudden we're voice memoing back and forth and then we have a connection call and then that turns into us collaborating and me creating a meditation for their bathing suit company like so many things can happen once you actually connect with the person and you got to take that a step further than just comments and likes on your social media platform. So create some other way to connect, whether it's link in bio, give me your email address to apply for a free connection call with me. Or I mean, maybe it could be to the point where like you you're doing lives on your on your Instagram account with other people that, you know, maybe you connected with in person in one of these countries and now you're like reconnecting with on social media and you're showing people how like the importance of connection you're able to use these accounts to promote your values even more so than your business even more so than yourself and your brand and other companies promote your values because your values are sacred and they're important and they're they're for the good of humanity so how can you get those out there further and deeper into people it's really by bringing them off the app and into a community and so email list, one way to do that. Um, you know, you, YouTube live, another way to do that. You and I have already talked about like masterminds and creating, maybe creating like a program. If we do create some sort of pr- program or training that can be linked in your bio, just a way for people to get to know you more. The reason you're getting so many millions of views is because people like what you're doing. They like you. They like watching you. They want more. And so what more can you give them and how can you do it in a way that really impacts and influences and inspires their life to create a ripple effect? Because you influence one person, like we just talked about Miss Bulgaria, you influence one person, that immediately becomes exponential once you take it to the next level. I love it. (laughs) I mean, you could do giveaways with other brands. That's like, that's a fun thing to do too. Um, Yeah, I mean- can go go on and on and on and it's it's really gotta it's oh it, you gotta do the vision and mission thing first though it's gotta it's gotta be in line with what you want and what you want to share with the world and once that's clear because there's so many options right there's so many opportunities once you get really clear and have a statement and that st- that statement can change weekly honestly but once you have a statement then from there it's like okay we know where you're going Let's build the bridge to get there. This is how many bridges I see that can get you there. Um, and so, yeah, have a mentor. Have someone that can – because you're in your world. All of us are in our worlds. And so it's sometimes hard to see from inside of our world, even myself, all of the different bridges that can get me to where I want to go, that can get my message out to the people that I want that I want it to get out to. 
it takes someone else being in a mastermind, having a mentor, whatever it is, looking into your situation and being like, oh, I clearly see actually that you, you just need to do this, this and this to get there. It's like, oh my gosh, how did I never see that before? Because you're in your own snow globe and there's a snowstorm going on and you're so in your world that you can't see outside of it. And it's really beneficial when you have someone seeing outside of your world. You're good at what you do. You have a lot of ideas. Yes. Blessing and a curse sometimes. I've had to really get um, clear on my intuition and knowing which ideas to move forward with and knowing which ideas are right to be set at which times. Because like you said, some people aren't ready for the thing that you need to share with them and teach them. And so you need to step away. Some people aren't in a space where they're ready to like hear your ideas for them. It could potentially um, either be triggering or be too big and then they don't get it and then they're confused and um, I'm still, I'm still learning the art of my, my, my ideas that it is a gift and the fact that like my brain works the way it does. And so figuring out how to harness that in a way that works for everybody in their own unique way, including myself is one of the really fun journeys that I'm on in my own personal development process. Clearly you have the gift. Thanks bud. Um, man, well, we went through my list, you know? Um, one thing that I loved when you said you make, so one more thing, you said that you make time, you make time to meditate. That might be confusing for people. Um, how do I make time to bring this new thing into my life that I know is going to create massive change? You had mentioned on the other podcast episode that I listened to that you ditched your TV. Um, are there other things that you've done to make, to make time for the things that you know are really important in your life? You know, one thing that I think is huge that can be a game changer is just to turn your phone off every once in a while. Just turn your phone off some. It can be two, three minutes. Um, just turn it off, wait two or three minutes, restart it. Like if you can, go 10 minutes. But two or three minutes is enough. And I think what you'll feel if you turn your phone off and just wait two or three minutes before restarting it, you might feel yourself kind of calming, kind of relaxing centering. And, you know, that couple minutes is you're just focused on you. No one can ping you. No one can beep you. No alarms are going off. No notifications are going off. And that's your two or three minutes just to let your cortisol drop, to relax. And what you'll find, I think, in this time is you'll feel good and centered. And what's important might come to the top, like some priority of something you want to do, taking care of yourself. Um, I think it's a really huge practice and I'm curious to drop us a uh, comment. If you do this, if you turn your phone off for two, three, four minutes, how do you feel? Do you get any clarity? Is it addictive? Do you yeah. start to turn your phone off a little bit here and there? And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of reasons why they can't do this, but if you can find a way to do this every once in a while, um, you know, it's really fantastic. And it, it's totally crazy that, you know, this is even something we're talking about and people have anxiety around the idea of like turning their phone off for a few minutes, um, you know, that, that this is kind of where we are in the world. And to think just, you know, 20 years ago, uh, none of the stuff existed to get your email. You had to log into a computer, turn your computer on. Like the way people could reach you is they could knock at your door or telephone call you. Um, so I think this is priceless. I don't, I'm sure your phone is off a lot when you're skiing, hiking, all these things, but what do you think? It's off when I'm it's off when I'm at my house. <laughs> when I'm it's out of service when I'm skiing and hiking and I have my satellite phone to call my mom and to send her text messages when I'm at the car, when I get to the top of the mountain and then when I get back to the car. Um 
But one thing I noticed that I loved, well, at first when I saw that you had your notifications silented, it was like an appropriate time to silence them in society's terms. It was like nighttime or morning. And then I realized your notifications are actually silenced all the time. And I'm wondering, because like people get so annoyed with me sometimes when I'm like, yeah, just give me a call like right now. And then they go to call me and I didn't answer. And then I go to check my phone. And they're like, I called you. You didn't, you didn't answer. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I have focus mode on. I have my notifications silenced on my phone unless I'm actively waiting for someone to respond to respond to something that I said and I'll actually turn my phone straight up on airplane mode for more than 50% of every single day Um, because what I noticed with my brain is that this includes emails when I get a notification and I'm, I'm doing some sort of task it throws me off and it takes me sometimes 10 30 minutes even depending on the notification to get back to what I was doing and your brain actually I don't know the exact stats on this I'm sure there's a a bunch but it's like between 15 and 45 minutes for your brain to adjust to a new task and so I've taken a lot of different entrepreneurial trainings but in a lot of different courses and masterminds over the years as my life well since I've become this entrepreneur and what I have learned consistently from the people that I really respect is that you need to segment out your day when you're working on work and take breaks. And I mean, it's like work on something for 45 minutes and then take a half hour break. Don't think that you're not going to get as much done. You will get more done in a day. And this is very similar to how meditation actually helps your brain. Help is It can be a superpower. It's like totally just like tra- it transforms your energy level. Um, and so when it comes to notifications, I don't have them on for text messages. I don't have them on for emails. And whenever I notice there is a notification on for something, I figure out how to turn it off. And I make sure that I make time during the day to check those things. So instead of just waiting for people to send emails and then responding at their beck and call, I check my email once a day or twice a day. I'll check my phone when I am ready and in the space to check my phone and fully respond and give you my all to a response. Because if I'm getting a notification while I'm doing something else and then I read your message uh, and I'm not in the space to respond, uh, now now the little button is off telling me that I got your message. And so I likely will never respond because <laughs> I'll straight up forget. Um, and so it throws you off it, it from what you're doing, task at hand. Um, you'll find yourself if you if you don't have notifications silented the first couple times you meditate, you'll be stressed in your mind wondering if something is going to interrupt you because your brain has been trained to respond in the moment, and that is a little fight fight or flighty. It doesn't allow you to really like deep have deep connection to the task at hand, whether it's meditation or work or being present with your family, um, or any of the other host of things that you can possibly spend time doing. Um, and so I know phones allow you to do, you can straight up turn it on airplane mode and then turn it back on when you're ready to respond to people or you can turn it on. There's like work mode, there's sleep mode. The new iPhones have this whole focus category, which I think is really nice. Um, experiment with that. It even tells people that you have the notification turned off. So they're not wondering why you didn't respond back. Um, it's, it's a step in the direction of setting boundaries for your life. Boundaries are so important. <laughs> There's an entire YouTube training I have on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it literally is almost like the more your phone is off or silenced, the less notifications, bings, bangs you have going off. It's almost like the smarter you become. Um, it's a huge life hack. And if you think about any kind of high status, high prestige people, when they're doing their art, 
why they're on this planet, where they shine the most, they don't hear any responses. Their phone is on silent. When LeBron James is playing basketball, he can't get notifications on his phone. When Beyonce is performing um, on stage, she is not responding to texts, cannot hear the bings and bangs. When you're a CEO leading a shareholders meeting or a board meeting, your phone is on silent. If someone is a brain surgeon, their phone is on silent while they're doing their art. If someone is an important lawyer, when they're in court, their phone is on silent. So when these people who are the highest status or having high status are doing their most valuable work that's worth thousands of dollars a minute or more um, or an hour, um, their phone is off all the time. So how about you and I? And if they can turn their phone off while they're doing their most important tasks, then hopefully we can find um, time to uh, silence our phone or mute it a little bit while we're uh, creating our art or having our impact on the world. Yeah. And they, they, they train like they race. It's not like their phone's only on silent when they're in the boardroom. It's This is training like you race is an, a- an athlete thing that I learned about when I was an athlete. And it's also just a life thing. Don't think that you are going to be able to be super present with your family while, while you're, while you have to be right. Like during, um, let's say during like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is, when every other time you're with your family, your phone is on and you're getting notifications and you're constantly responding. You're, you're training your brain. And so train like you race. Um, it's yeah. Well, this has just been so valuable and we gave you guys so, so much. I'm going to make sure you know how to find John and I'm sure we'll have him on the podcast again. Um, get into his world, send him a comment. He might even, if you send him a comment on TikTok, create a video response for you <laughs> that will feature you and your comment in a video on his profile. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it again in six months or, or a year or something like that. I look forward to it. Yeah, excited to see where you will be in the world then. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'd love to see your comments. Um, go ahead and let us know if you've done any of this stuff already. If you have all, and then, you know, if you listen to this episode, day, couple days go by, couple weeks, couple months go by, you implement this stuff, you see results. We want to know what those results are. Other people want to know what those results are. So please engage with us. We'd love to hear from you. This is why we are on this planet talking to you here. Thank you so much. Hey, loyal listener. Please rate and review this podcast. Your feedback is needed and you matter. It would be an honor if you shared this with a friend. Send this episode to whoever pops into your mind first. It's like a little exercise on intuition. And trust that that insight is the hand of God working through you to make someone else's life better today. Visit themadelineshow.com to stay up to date on my free trainings and different offerings, including self-paced online programs that activate your mind and enhance your life. Who knows, maybe you'll find something today that completely changes your tomorrow.